0: Welcome to another episode of Blue Lotus Cafe podcast. Today we have something special for you. We want to talk about first principles. Uh, This is the philosophy that was uh, popularized by Elon Musk, but it has been here since the dawn of time. Uh, You can find this in essentialism, you can find it in science, and today we want to see also how it can be applied to plant-based cuisine. Uh, Looking at your mind map, there is a lot to talk about, which is really good. Uh, So let's start with the basic uh, stuff. First principles. What is it? How would you define first principles?
1: As you said, we will talk about analogy, which is a kind of uh, conventional way of reasoning. But in scientific reasoning and thinking, there is also Something that was used, especially in mathematics or in science, and I would say physics, which is where uh, you try to go down to a basic proposition mm-hmm. that cannot be deducted from any other proposition. Here so we it's are really talking basic, about, basic. Yeah, or an evidence, a fact, something mm-hmm. that you are sure. Th- the idea of first principle is really the the first, the the very basic or essential evidence or a fact that there is no doubt about. So you Mm -hmm. cannot question, and it's most importantly not coming from uh, an assumption. It's a fundamental truth that you can use as a foundation for your reasoning, and you will try to go uh, to reason up from there. Mm -hmm. And it's a very old way of uh, thinking, if you will, but that has been kind of uh, put back on the map or being popular on Internet at the moment with Elon Musk, because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be what he used uh, when he wanted to start uh, SpaceX. Uh, When
0: he wanted to build the rockets.
1: Yes. So before that, actually, he thought that he didn't know how to build a rocket. So the first thing mm-hmm. he went, he was to the NASA. And he went to NASA and asked if they, they would like to do a program with him. And they say, look, okay. my friend, uh, maybe you come back later. <laughs> so since he's an entrepreneur and kind of a dynamic person, he didn't take it badly. And he said, okay, let's uh, let's go uh, to the Russian side. So he went to Russia, asked this, the same really? thing. And they said, look, my friend, this is... Uh, let." <laughs> the specialists work on these things. It's a bit serious. It's not like a, you know, a startup that you can do uh, the way you, you want to do things. Yes, so yes. they told him, like, no way. And during the, all those discussions, he was really um, intrigued why it was so expensive. Mm-hmm. And what he couldn't understand is why any uh, space program, just because it's a space program, would have to have, uh, you know, gazillions of uh, millions of dollars. And, and so exactly one yes. thing that he didn't want to take from granted was the conventional uh, acceptation that any space program has to cost a fortune.
0: Okay, and so how did he solve so this? So
1: that's where he uh, used the first principle in thinking, okay, what is a rocket made out of? Mm-hmm. Why is the price of each of those Co- components things. elements mm-hmm. and what about recycling them so because ah, one okay. aspect of the space program is that they would destroy the rocket after in the ocean right. or whatever and so you don't get and and certain uh, metals and elements would be actually kind of expensive so If you don't recycle them, then of course it's a
0: loss. (laughs) Makes sense. But
1: also the price was also related to the fact that any, uh, uh, as soon as people uh, were working in space, like it's like the defense, you know, for the army, any research and development Mm -hmm. program is super expensive.
0: So he wanted to be sustainable. That's really nice.
1: (laughs) What he wanted to do He thought that the main issue uh, was the conventional wisdom about the fact that it has to be expensive. And he realized that for the Wi-Fi, uh, for new needs in the future, for sending people uh, on moon or things like that, Mm -hmm. it will have to be cheaper. He said, okay, I just want to understand. I'm not saying that it, has, it, it doesn't have to be that expensive. I just want to understand why. Took mm-hmm. Some engineer went down, and that's where you go down to the most fundamental truth. They look at exactly each of the elements that uh, are basically used on a rocket, and what are the exact price, They end up with a price that was way, way lower than any program uh, existing. And then then he said, why not Um, uh, recycling the rocket? And from the beginning, thinking that we won't throw something that is supposed to be expensive, but we want to reuse it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the whole thinking from the beginning of this program was to try to uh, remove waste. Now, okay. the very interesting fa- thing about this, because he starts differently, all his first program did failed, uh,
0: And it took okay. him... So there is a lot of uh, lessons yes, to learn because, by failing.
1: But, but also, uh, it took him more time because he didn't start uh, using the conventional wisdom. And mm-hmm. here, that's where I think it's interesting to know and to realize if you do first principle, you will start slower because okay. you go back to very fundamental things, very simple. So you have to, it's like climbing a stairs, but you start from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You are not using right. uh, things that were made before without questioning them. Mm-hmm. So, and his whole approach was, again, So you go down to the most fundamental truth and then you reason up from there. This example is very known. So you can find a lot of podcast video of him talking for SpaceX. Uh By doing some research, I realized that he was also applying this for Tesla, which is his car making company. When those are actually expensive electric cars. So the first thing is that people were thinking that uh, you cannot do nice, uh, you know, electric car. This will be utilitarian, mostly cars and things. And actually he did completely the opposite. Uh, he went for sports, uh, car and kind of attractive. He, he looked at a completely different audience and he, he was completely focused on uh, how the electronic can make the experience even better. And and the mm-hmm. importance of the software, knowing that is someone coming from the software and from PayPal, and so he was really into that mindset. So same thing for uh, Tesla, he really went down to how to build an electric car from scratch, and not using mm-hmm. any of the convention from the car makers. And actually, the reason why there is such a disruption and that now is in front of them is that in order to innovate and to pass to the electric from the conventional car to the electric car, he had to break certain rules or certain convention assumptions and really start from scratch. And, mm-hmm. um, right. and so one fun part, of course, if you have uh, any piece of software or mobile phone, you understand, but on a Tesla car, you buy it. And when there is an update, you get it for free. The idea behind this is that if you really want to innovate, you have as much as possible, try to avoid convention, constraint from something else or assumptions mm-hmm. that actually will make you uh, do something which is already been done. So if you really want to innovate, okay. there is a greater chance that if you go back to evidence, and very simple fact, you can Mm -hmm. really innovate, but at first it will take you more time and you have to expect more iteration because if I'm starting really on the very basic or most essential evidence, I know that there is quite some job to be done in order to to go from there. Mm In that first principle, it's the reasoning. it's the thinking process that I think interesting, and mm-hmm. the thinking process to try to make it is you need a very uh, attractive goal because you know your road will be kind of longer, so you need uh, what we call a smart goal, or you know a very specific goal. In his case, it was a completely mm-hmm. crazy goal because he wanted to go for Mars. And, yes. and to go there, he had to add a, a very affordable rocket. So he, need, he needed a revolution in, in the space. It's a good, it's a good challenge in any yes. case. And, and you see something else. well is that, of course, when he realized that, he said, if I am not able to send a smaller rocket in orbit, I cannot go to Mars. So he, he really did a smart goal, meaning from a, a vision of the future Mm -hmm. he put it down to something saying in any case if i want to go as far as mars i have to go first on the moon or or in orbit and i have to make this really cheaper and different than uh, it is today so you need something which is easy to visualize a goal that's actually feasible but that uh, brings a motivation and incentive to start
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the interesting thing is that here you start by something that people are not uh, familiar with, which actually I took in uh, the podcast we did on uh, exit rule, which is you make a backlog Mm -hmm. of all the obstacles and actions. So for this Mm -hmm. goal, you look and you say, okay, we will need, uh, I don't know, if we take the the space rocket, those are ingredients where we do source them, uh, how we can improve that uh, logistic and things. So you start to, to do a backlog with everything that you will have. Mm-hmm. And for each known obstacle, you question and break down the current assumption. And that's why. Ah,
0: okay. So every, every time you are kind of stuck or you have some problem, you have to question what is essential. And for example, what yes, people so, have. So you about say, it. okay, I, I,
1: let's say I'm Elon Musk and I say, okay, I want to send a rocket in the space. And then you say look any program is two million dollars and i say two mm-hmm. billion dollars why is that
0: and exactly always yeah, why
1: you take all you know the the kind of wisdom or like the kind of assumptions that the current assumptions and you want to break down this to the most fundamental and basic evidence and mm-hmm. say we say okay we have in that rocket titanium. What is the price of titanium? Yeah, it's expensive, but actually we mm-hmm. use recycle one, da, 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 this will be the price. So you, we, we reevaluate the real cost. We reevaluate the action and the chain of action based on now evidence and very basic fact and not the assumption. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, uh, by analogy, you know, people in reasoning to go faster, they use the current wisdom. But mm-hmm. the problem with this of is course. that you don't really innovate because you keep doing what people are doing. Yes,
0: you believe what people have told you before. Exactly,
1: it's like we always did like this, and then you don't revolutionize something because you do basically all the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> and the the last part of the process is when you have the fact, now you have to reason up from there to develop creative solutions. So Mm. you have the the obstacles, uh, the problem, you break down them, you have some evidence, and you say, okay, now from those evidence, from those facts, can I go up, back up?
0: You take new actions in a way.
1: And and where, you know, uh, to bring creative solutions. So let's say using innovation, to solve any problem that you would have. Because one of the Mm -hmm. reasons, of course, is that those assumptions were there. People are not stupid. Why they were making this? Because there were obstacles at that time. And it's the, those assumptions were solution. The idea of innovation Mm -hmm. is that things are constantly changing in technology. 20 years ago, we could not use a smartphone that has more uh, power than uh, a big computer now is in our Mm -hmm. end. So the technology goes so fast and innovation can really drastically change the conditions. That's why Mm -hmm. most of the assumption uh, from the past doesn't apply anymore because there is a constant evolution.
0: Exactly. So you, you have to adapt, you have to change, you have to think in a different and creative way out of the box.
1: Exactly. And also the idea is that and I think now we, can, we, we will do a comparison before the analogy, reasoning, and the first principle. But of course, first principle mm-hmm. will apply very well for innovation mm-hmm. when you want to do something new. Because the idea is that you think or your, um, that assumptions were based on another reality, but now we are in a different mm-hmm. context. So that context okay. may change everything.
0: One of the sentences I saw on Facebook, uh, which I really like, is it says, the most dangerous thing in the world is to say, this is how we always done it. This is what you were talking about when you said you have to break down current assumptions. So there is a lot of the, that traditional thinking. Can you compare that traditional thinking with the thinking of the first principle? Because it's I it looks like it's very different.
1: It is. And actually you're right. So one other aspect to see when we were talking about teaching is that uh, it's really hard to teach someone that thinks he knows. And I will play the contrarian here. I think also that most of the time when people use what they call common sense, It's actually Mm -hmm. their memory. And I think here, again, we are in a context, we want to innovate. So we Mm -hmm. don't want to um, replicate always the same. So when you do analogy, which is the traditional or conventional thinking, you want to follow a kind of existing path. Mm -hmm. And you will look at the limitations and you know your way around those limitations. So you will develop solutions that are variation around what was existing or common assumption.
0: Mm. So you're playing it safe in a way, if you are yes. in a traditional mindset.
1: And, and you think you are saving time, which is actually true. And also the idea very, that's why the common sense, we always have to be careful with this one because the, the idea is so clear. I mean, uh, people, were always doing that. It works like this. Why we should mm. change. And that's why also the disruption is like we were mentioning in our podcast of change is painful. Why yes. would we go back in time where actually we have something that works? Okay, that's not perfect. Okay, but and, and uh, the thing is, in analogy also, you assume that this is required. Those assumptions are there for a reason. So you don't question them because it's like there is no other possibility.
0: It's almost dogmatic. You you believe it has to be like that.
1: And you copycat the existing goal and metrics Mm -hmm. so that you work in an environment which is uh, the same that bring those assumptions. So also because all the model and all the thinking is on the same path, there is no way it's like if you go on a, on a road, you know, if you take the same road to go from Paris to Rome, you will end up in Rome the same way.
0: Exactly, at the now, same time.
1: If that road is very long, it will take you forever. And in the meantime, humanity has evolved and things We build a tunnel between the Alps. So you can mm-hmm. go, you have a better road. But if you always follow the same, you will never know that tunnel and you will never have a shorter path to go from Paris to Rome.
0: I like that analogy. That's really good.
1: And to, to, clear, to clarify here, so the existing path, actually the previous path may uh, still be good, but the thing is, uh, it's very long. Now, if you want to innovate, you have to start with possibilities. So it's a, also a kind of positive mindset where you say, okay, let's not start with the limitation. Let's look first and that's why you want to go down to evidence because they offer opportunities. Mm-hmm. So the idea and really your goal, you explore a new path. Okay. And you want to develop new solutions from fundamental evidence. And you look at what you need in detail. So you want really to say, okay, to go there, I need those, I need that. Do I have it? Uh, where I found them, what's the cost, what what I need, what technology I need. And you mm-hmm. will question also the goal and the metrics because maybe in your new environments, the previous metrics don't work. And you see this all the time. When Yahoo, even at the beginning of Internet, everybody was thinking, oh, you need a portal. And Portal was those huge websites with all kinds of aggregated information. And, and so the right. Yahoo page was like never ending and with news everywhere. That mm-hmm. was the conventional wisdom. This is how you do internet. And then there is a guy who said, you know what? One issue I have with this, I have a lot of things, but nothing that I really care about. <laughs> okay. And when I want to search on information, I cannot find it. And then you have the birth of Google that mm-hmm. starts with a completely blank page and just an input box.
0: Very simple, very fundamental. Yes. So it's perfect example of the first principle, right?
1: But what they understood is that what has to change is that when you search something, you find the right answer. And this would be so fundamentally different for your experience that you will prefer this than a big of noise and a wall full of things. Yes, so of course. That's where, but then when you do this, of course, the metrics and the way will be different because they had to create an algorithm. They had to index all the web page. So uh, they had to completely uh, develop a new way of uh, uh, storing information and storing the World Wide Web. So it was not uh, a small challenge. And of so,
0: course, but it's all, all hidden from the user in a way. So for the user, it's simple. You have a blank exactly. page and a box.
1: But when you develop something like this, you have to expect that there will be some fundamental work and that will take you quite some time. But they knew they will be in a new reality because if people can find what they are looking for on the Internet, it starts with new possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different experience. And people may very likely to come back. And it was the start how they revolutionize uh, internet. (music) If we look at this and one example, and the reason why I'm interested to talk about first principle in a plant based kind of podcast is that it applies very well. To plant-based cuisine.
0: Okay. In what way would you say?
1: First, the idea for me and where I, I want to see a evolution is that I want plant-based to become a specialty cuisine, exactly like Japanese cuisine is a specialty cuisine, French, Mexican, mm-hmm. Japanese. So, mm-hmm. or Thai cuisine. So, I really want plant-based cuisine to grow as a specialty. And if we look at it from the first principle perspective, we realize that there are a lot of convention or assumption that we can remove because... Disrupt. (laughs) Exactly. They may not apply to plant-based cuisine. Uh Where I'm interested about this is I think it's a way to uh, let down with the mimicking syndrome and so what s- would
0: you change? What would you say it could be different?
1: So I will question really every assumption or convention. And for example, as you know, in conventional cuisine, if I have a very expensive piece of meat, this is yes. what's called the noble ingredients in the hierarchy, the most important. It will be at the center of the dish, and then I put a few things on the side. Yes, yes, exactly. And the sauce is based to complement well with this noble ingredient and all the work on the sauce is to match very well. So here you see that even there is a hierarchy and there are some priority and relation between the ingredients. And this for me doesn't apply and shouldn't apply in plant-based cuisine where each mm-hmm ingredient should play a role and each ingredient plays a good role and there is not a necessary hierarchy and this hierarchy Mm -hmm. don't need to be stable forever meaning you may have a dish where you do something completely crazy with an eggplant so that becomes the at the center of your uh, creation
0: so it's more about the technique. If you yes. really if, w- are transforming if, the ingredients, then it's exactly. more important. And,
1: and you want this time to play with the eggplant where in another dish, the eggplant won't be uh, such the first role. So it brings something exactly. also more dynamic where things like a sweet potato that can be a very humble ingredient mm. may play a mm-hmm. role because you manage to make it in a fun way uh, and, and this is now the, the first uh, role in your dish.
0: Yes. Well, also the Power Bowls are a really good example of this. I mean, in Power Bowls, we have five, six elements and they are all in the same, on the same level, let's so say. So the
1: Power bowl is kind of um, um, breaking some, indeed, uh, convention or assumption. One is that you shouldn't uh, mix uh, sweet and savory. That's Mm -hmm. why there is, uh, you know, that separation. But that uh, separation between sweet and savory is making sense when you have very strong meat or fish, that indeed you won't have, uh, you know, like apple or fruit or papaya or something with (laughs) very strong meat.
0: It just doesn't. You will saturate Mm -hmm.
1: completely your taste. uh, But now... In some Asian cuisine where they were not having so strong meat and not so much, they were actually, like, the, they had the sweet and sour with the savory, which you see in Thai cuisine. So mm-hmm. all those conventional assumptions can be actually a question in plant-based cuisine. They are fun question. They are not all essential questions. One which I like is uh, the fact that we use flat plate, because try to cut okay. a piece of meat in a bowl, you will see that's really not nice. <laughs> and try to cut it with a yes. spoon, and then you are really in trouble. So yes. the knife <laughs> and the flat plate are related to cutting meat or fish. Now,
0: mm-hmm. so in plant-based, it's not really yes, that important. You can important. Really
1: question it. Why we need a flat plate? Mm-hmm. Why we we and and why that uh, thing? And and why a knife also? The knife, like in Chinese cuisine, can stay in the kitchen. Of course, so yes,
0: you don't need to cut anything exactly especially, and
1: so same thing, the appetizer main dessert it's a it's a convention uh do we need this in plant based mm-hmm. cuisine? I'm not sure, especially if we want the plant based cuisine mm-hmm. to create be creative. why
0: yes, we can have the like tapas like we we yes. talk about sharing the food and tasting different food at the same time. It's more like like in Thailand, they have all those dishes, all, it, all exactly. at once. Exactly, you
1: can have a small bites for tasting. You can do plates to share. You can have a buffet where you make your own. So there, there are a lot of different things that you can do. And in first principle, the idea really is to question any assumption. Now, mm-hmm. if you question, but because you create something new, you want to indeed use a knife for some reason, I'm fine. It's just I'm saying we need not to take for granted things that are coming from another cuisine.
0: So exactly. you question
1: everything. Uh, you can really question again, uh, even the the size, the portion, because this is related to food which is very really more dense in calorie. Uh, you can question mm-hmm. again the hierarchy. You can question even the breakfast, lunch, dinner.
0: Exactly. Well, well, we do in time restricted eating when we talk exactly, about it. But I
1: think. I don't know why we should have exactly the same structure. And, and this is a convention. Mm-hmm. This is an assumption. And, um, and so what is interesting here is that as soon as you do that, first you see that we were really European. We are both European. So we were European-centric, meaning that in Africa and Asia, actually they were not exactly eating the way we do in Europe. So <laughs> exactly. So it opens yes. your mind to other uh, ways to do it. And in first principle, you really question this down again and say, okay, why are we doing that? Where it's coming from? And then when you dig a bit, you realize that, oh, things are are going from, uh, you know, convention. He was like this. So so, um, I think what is interesting here is to realize that it opens the door to creativity. But as Mm -hmm. we said, in first principle, you will have more work because now you are considering each ingredient as something important. You need to look at the pairing. You need to look how you can put them together. You need to look in a more fundamental way. For example, do you have all the flavors? Do you have umami or things? So you will go back Mm -hmm. in really like more like the evidence. And from them, you want to reason up so of course mm-hmm. if you are not using the usual shortcuts at first
0: yes you, you will make your own bath, so it will take you more
1: time but hopefully mm-hmm. this will be is going to be more creative so that's why i think i would encourage any chef that really wants to be creative in plant-based cuisine to uh, let down a bit the mimicking syndrome and to look into first principle and to quench, mm-hmm. question the very uh, long list of conventions and assumptions that we have in the culinary world mm-hmm. and to see if they are really all applying to plant-based cuisine and what if there are some assumptions that we let down and that we end up with something a bit more creative.
0: Yes, we, we often say uh, when we are in Blue Lotus, when we d- were in the kitchen, we say that we do things from scratch. So we can say that this whole philosophy is doing uh, or making your mindset it from scratch. Be a
1: thinking, so yes. what, it's a problem? thinking and it's a reasoning from scratch. So indeed, when you cook and if you cook at home, you can cook from scratch, like from the ingredients and here it's your it's not only your cooking but it's your thinking process and your reasoning that you would do from scratch
0: exactly don't use the shortcuts don't use already made stuff make your own completely from the yes. beginning
1: and then create new shortcuts because of of yeah. course it's like the kaizen storm huh? first you do the storm you put down to the basic elements then you will discover mm-hmm. things and those are your new rules So some can be shortcuts, but these are your new shortcuts.